Have you dreamed about opening a boutique since childhood? Maybe you have a store, but now you're ready to expand. Well, guess what? You're in exactly the place where you're meant to be. Welcome to the Boost Your Boutique Podcast, hosted by Emily Benson, retail boutique consultant, best-selling author, and a motivational speaker. In this podcast, you'll learn how to manage your boutique better, have balance in your life, and learn from experts who care. So whether you've been in the business for decades or you're just getting started, it's important to get help from someone who's been there and someone who's going to coach you along the way. So head over to BoostYourBoutique.com to learn more today. And now, here's Emily. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Boost Your Boutique podcast. I'm Andrea Kenny, part of Team Emily. Before we get started on this week's episode, I wanted to ask you a huge favor. If you haven't yet rated and reviewed this podcast, we would so appreciate it if you would take the time to do so. The more reviews that this podcast gets, the higher up in the search results it will be. We hear all the time that people wish they'd found Emily sooner, and we would love to get her message and her teachings out to as many boutique CEOs that we can. And by leaving a rating and review, you can help to do that. Leaving a review and a rating is so easy. If you go into the app, scroll to the bottom, you can leave both of those right there. So thank you in advance. We so appreciate it. On this week's episode, Emily chats with one of her clients and High Vibe Boutique Mastermind students, Dana, about what it's like to start over. Dana is the CEO of Indie Sparrow, a boutique located in Beaver, West Virginia. While moving just 3.3 miles away from her original location, Dana learned a lot of lessons about starting over, including how important her mindset is. She has worked very hard over the past few years to push past certain fears and blocks about her business and is a shiny example of perseverance and determination. She is here to tell her story and give some helpful tips to other boutique CEOs who are facing a move or considering a move. So here's Emily's chat with Dana. Hi, Dana. Welcome to the Booster Boutique Podcast. Hi, Emily. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, of course. Well, as a member of my High Vibe Mastermind, I feel like you have a lot of experience in the boutique world and you know, you have so much wisdom to share, even though sometimes I feel like you don't think you do, but I know you do. (laughs) (laughs) It's been hard earned. Is that the right way to say it? It's been trial and error, but I do feel like, um, I do feel like I have some wisdom to share. If nothing else to share what not to do with people. (laughs) I love that. Well, first of all, tell us about the store you have now, where you're located and like how you've been there. Tell us a little bit about that first. Okay, so my store is located in southern West Virginia, a very small town in southern West Virginia called Beaver, West Virginia. I often joke that the only name that could be worse is like Possum, West Virginia, but it is a name that, you know, easily remembered, I guess. I'm just outside, a couple of miles, I'm just outside like our main city, which is Beckley, and it's just a couple of miles away. But as we'll get into, a couple of miles has made a drastic difference in my ideal customer. But my boutique is called Indie Sparrow, and I've been in business now for almost seven years. And it's kind of, it's, it's all for, it's for women, accessories, clothing, you know, the whole gamut, shoes, scarves, dresses, just, and it's kind of got like a little boho feel to it. 
but it's boho for like the 40 something, not your 20 something, which they look good in everything. So I, for lack of a better way to put it, my claim to fame is helping, you know, the 30, 40, 50 year old customer dress a little more contemporary without falling into the mistake of trends, you know, on how, how to bring what's popular right now into your wardrobe, but still look professional, still look age appropriate and not look too trendy because I think style and trend is two very different things. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for you, you have a knack for helping women with tough body shapes too. I mean, I think you speak to that a lot in your Facebook lives, trying to make women feel good that might not typically shop in a boutique, but can actually shop right. because you're thinking about that. Right. I mean, I do feel like I, like, I do feel like I have a good grip on different body shapes on just how women, again, my age group, how we, how we want to dress, how we want to, ourselves forward you know image image what is that saying you have one chance to make a first impression and most often that first impression is nonverbal. so what kind of image do you want to portray like I'll often ask customers who come in here looking for something for a special event you know what time is the event what's the venue how do you want to look how do you not want to look But as far as going back to answering your question about body types, I've been a lot of different sizes in my lifetime. You know, I've been that size, I'm pretty tall. So I've been that size four, that size six, and I've also been a size 18. What I did before I opened, you know, my my first business was I was a drug rep. So I tell people that I drove with the left hand and I ate with the right. So I know what it's like to be plus size. And I remember the frustration that once I was out of a size 14, you just couldn't find clothing that made you feel good, in my opinion. I, you know, I didn't feel fashionable. So I had some struggles in how to like dress my larger, my larger body than I was used to having, how to dress it in a professional way. And, and again, put forth that image that I wanted to, that I wanted to portray. So Typical boutiques. I can remember going into boutiques and nothing ever fit me. I mean, even when I was a size 10, most of the time, nothing would fit me. I had a different perspective to bring to my boutique, especially when going to market, because I know know how it is to fit a difficult body type. So I'm often looking for things that I think are going to fit a variety of customers because I've said, I think I just said this today, you can sell things to the size six person all day long. They, you know, you're going to look good in it. It's a little more difficult to dress the size 16 body. We have different areas we want to count, count to camouflage and different things that we want to, I guess, highlight. I mean, I think you're speaking to so many women that are listening too, because I believe truly that most of us open boutiques because we have seen either a lack in the market or we are sort of like healing something within ourselves that, you know, we weren't seeing out there in our area. Right. We wanted to represent. Right. I think for me, and one of the things, Emily, I did not realize is just how few customers are comfortable putting outfits together. For me, that was always the easy part for me. I mean, from as young as I can remember, I would see, I don't know, a great pair of shoes. And 
I heard, you know, I've heard customers in here saying, well, I just don't have anything to wear. I'll hear them talking to each other. I don't have anything to wear with those shoes. And my, my thought process was always, those shoes are so fabulous. I'm going to build an outfit around them. And that's just kind of how my mind always worked. And that's where, that's when I, when I see something fabulous, whether it's a belt or, you know, a top or shoes, my mind automatically goes to like three or four different ways I would style it or wear it or where I would wear it, what shoes I would wear. And so I did not realize just how few people think the same way I do when it comes to clothing and putting outfits together. And I really do think that that is what has made my business so successful. That's awesome. Is you gain that trust of your customer. And so they come here and they, they trust me because I tell them, I'm not going to send you out of here in anything I wouldn't wear myself. So yeah, I love that. Yeah. Well, and you landed at the second location after being in a great sort of more downtown local location. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about just the things to think about when you're moving and just kind of the process that you went through without getting into kind of the drama that was when you needed to move, but right. just the, the what emotionally you went through, you know, in this very great location and then having to move and what it kind of took to really rebuild. Yeah, you're exactly right. I was in a location that was absolutely prime. And when I say that, you know, in my town, we have a couple of main arteries that take us anywhere in this town. And so I was right on one of those arteries, one of the, you know, there's just two main roads that go from one end of town to the other. So I was right on one of those roads, which meant no matter where you were going in my little town, you were going to pass my business. I'll be honest. I did not know what a gem of a location I had. However, my need to move could not be avoided. So I did, I ran across some, you know, I faced some things that I just absolutely did not anticipate because my boutique at that time was two years old. I don't have a business background. You know, I, I, don't, I didn't have any marketing classes or any, just any kinds of classes through college or anything like that, that would help me like make that decision. And so I moved just three miles, 3.3 to be exact. I moved 3.3 miles away from that location. However, where I moved, even though there there's tons of traffic, like it's a very traveled area, I would say the main difference in this area is you have to be coming this direction for some reason. Whereas at my other location, you passed that, you pl- you passed my store if you were going to the movies, to a restaurant, just shopping, just to and from work. You know, we had hospitals and we had you know, Walmart and the mall. Everything that you encountered in that little, I don't know, I'd say eight mile radius took you right past my store. So moving three miles away, I then became a destination. Yes, even just three and a half miles away. If you weren't coming to this little town, like for any certain reason, maybe your hair for my, you know, for me, the reason I even knew this location existed was the person who does my hair. Her salon is here. 
And so, of course, I knew this house was available um, for a long time, and I always was drawn to it. But that's what brought me to this little town outside of the city limits is my hairdresser. That's basically my biggest lesson is I became, instead of something that everyone passed on a regular basis, probably twice, at least twice a day, I had to then become a destination. Someone had to, in their mind, plan to come here, whether it was on their lunch break or whether it was on the weekend or after work. Like, they had to have it in their minds, I'm going to go to Indie Sparrow today. You know, it wasn't one of those, oh, I just passed Indie Sparrow. I'm going to swing in there and see what they have. So that was the biggest factor for me. That's huge. And, I mean, I remember the first time we connected – was probably, what, a year into you being at that new location? I would say, yeah, right at a year. And I've been at this location for four years now. But, yeah, I would say in a year, year, not more than a year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like when we first connected, you were definitely struggling. Like, mentally, you were like, I don't know what's going on. I had, you know, I was in this wildly successful place. And I had to move. And... It was kind of like you started over. Oh, I absolutely started over. Um, Probably it was just a big jolt to my mindset. And one of the things I will forever be grateful to you for is helping me realize that even though my business was very different at this location, it was still by all means a successful business. I mean, I remember you saying to me, Dana, I coach people to get to where you are. And in my mind, I was failing because I was only doing about a third of the business that I was doing at the other location. So, and you were telling me that was, that was such an anomaly, Dana. It's a fantastic success story, but that's not what usually happens. So that really put me like back on the right track in terms of like, I had no idea that was the case. So I still had a gem of a business. It just wasn't for, it didn't look like the business I had in the other location. Yeah. So it really messed with my mind. I'll be honest. Yeah, of course. Well, and I think like, you know, one of the reasons I, I really wanted to have you on the podcast, not only because I love you, but also <laughs> like persevered some really tough spots, like having to move and having to rebuild. And I, I really want you to speak to, the people out there who need to move, want to move, you know, what are the things they need to think about, like in terms of location and also in terms of mindset? Because I think you've come a long way in both. Come so far, especially in mindset. If I were going to, to first speak to, do I move my business or not? In my particular case, I really didn't have a choice. If I would have stayed, it just would have presented a whole new set of obstacles that I really, quite frankly, wasn't willing to take on. What I would encourage the person who has the choice to move, okay, number one, are you thinking that the place that you're in currently, does the rent cost too much? Um, Are they asking you to sign, you know, a longer lease than you initially started with? I would really encourage that person to consider what happens when you move to what happens when you move your when you move your location? I just thought everybody would follow me, Emily. I just thought everybody would know. I thought that just posting it on Facebook and word of mouth that people were going to know, hey, Dana just moved three and a half miles away. But 
that wasn't the case. You have a whole, I, I just would have that person to consider. Because for me, it was, a, you know, I, I, I planned, I anticipated being closed, I don't know, six to eight weeks. One thing after another came up in getting this house ready. And it was about 12 weeks before I was able to reopen. So what happened there was I had purchased, you know, I was used to buying, I was used to buying around $30,000 worth of merchandise a month. So having been to market, you know, I had all these orders coming for the summer. My closing, my the closing of my store was very abrupt. There was one day I was there and the next time, the next minute I had three days to find a new spot. Yeah. So I had all of this inventory coming that I had already promised to purchase. And I'm, I was of the belief that, you know, when you give someone your word that you're going to buy something, you follow through with it. In hindsight, they may have understood if I had told them that I had a big move, unexpected move. But at that time, Emily, I didn't, I didn't think, like, I didn't think I would miss a beat. I thought I would just open back up in six weeks and the customers would come rushing back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. So uh, that, that was not the case. So it was a very, it was a, and I'm hoping that by sharing these things that I'm creating, you know, maybe a little checklist that someone is writing things down of, of a pro and a con list of moving. So going back to maybe you think it's too expensive to be where you are Consider the expense of merchandise that you can't sell because by the time you really get established and get those doors back open, you know, I have a pretty short summer selling season here. My window to sell it and make a profit was gone by the time I opened. Again, just thinking that people are going to know that you moved. I mean, those are people that I had people that were coming in my store every single week that I didn't see and, you know, for three months. Those are things that I would encourage people to think about. Okay, it might be expensive to stay. Maybe they're raising your rent, but what's going to be the expense of moving, the expense of, you know, losing your best customers until they find out where you are? And, you know, even though I'm three and a half miles away, Emily, sometimes because of traffic, it can take customers 15 minutes to get here versus where I was, again, just three miles away. It's the traffic patterns. You know, people don't really necessarily have time to pop down here on their one-hour lunch break if it's going to take them 15 minutes to get here and 15 minutes to get back. I feel like you're also giving, you know, the the women out there, the men out there who are wanting to open either a second location or a first location in terms of brick and mortar, you're giving them a lot to think about here because you're right. There is a difference when it's a destination versus next to the stores, next to the gas stations, next to the restaurants, you know? Are you know what they say, location, location. There's only three important things when you're buying a house or, in this case, opening a business. Yep. Location, location, location. <laughs> Those yeah. are the three important things. Yeah. I, and again, I'm so grateful to you for helping them or helping me to realize that my business was still successful, but I had a whole new customer, a whole new ideal customer that I had to figure out. I didn't have the same customer base that I had three miles up the road. And I'm still not completely sure why. All I know is I had to adapt. My price point was much, I would say much higher. I would say my average, I mean, it was nothing for me to have, you know, $400 leather jackets and, you know, sweaters that were $175 and shoes that were $250. 
and I sold them all day long. And those things did not work at this location. And again, I don't really know why, but the important thing is, is I had to like adjust that really quickly. So my price point is lower, but I still have those repeat customers. I mean, I've learned that I've learned to find out what I'm find out what's working and do more of it. You know, forget what was working last year, forget what was working at that old location. It was really hard for me to let go of that. Extremely hard. But the faster that whoever's listening, the faster you can learn that lesson of doesn't matter what made my doesn't matter what made me successful at location A. This is my location now and I've got to figure out my ideal customer. And I'm even thinking to myself, you know, someone opening up a second store, don't assume that you're going to have that same customer base that you have at your first store. You could still have a, a wonderful, successful business, but it could totally be a different ideal customer. If you are looking for more coaching from Emily, support from a community of incredible boutique CEOs, and an on-demand training portal that you can access from any device, then Boutique Elite Academy membership is for you. There is nothing else like the membership out there. Trust us, we've done the research and there is no one else teaching, training, and supporting you in the way that this membership does. When Emily had her boutique, she wished this existed for her to feel consistently supported and like she was on the upward path of growth in her business. The Boutique Elite Academy membership is the only weekly, monthly, and yearly guidance to help you deepen your knowledge and connection with your business so effortlessly fitting into your life. Beam combines the inspiration and energy of an apparel buying trip with the depth of a book, the transformative power of a meditation, and the sense of support like having a coach would feel. You no longer have to search out for some kind of business roadmap, wondering what is normal and what you should be doing today, this week, or this month. At any time of the day or night, you can dive into everything you need to experience powerful learning and growth. Doors open this Thursday, November 7th, and they're open until Friday, November 15th. You'll have access to the library immediately after purchasing. So if you're ready, head on over to boutiquemembership.com. Are you ready to beam? I love that. I love that. And I mean, it wasn't easy for you to shift your mindset, but like what have been some things that you've focused on, you know, in terms of, well, I'm just going to throw this out there. I I feel like for you, Facebook live has been a huge piece of your business to kind of get the momentum, the word and your mindset going. Cause I think you like to be on camera and, and hang out. (laughs) I would have never said that before that I like to be on camera, but I've learned that I think I just like, I just like interacting with people. Yeah. And, you know, it's really not about, because I don't like, you know, if you look at my Facebook page, I cut my face, and you have talked about this. I cut my face out of these pictures. I don't, it's not that I'm, yeah, I'm not that person that, hey, look at me. But when I turn on that camera for Facebook Live, it's just a way for me to interact with my customers. And to back up just a little bit, I have to say top of mind for my customers, again, because I am a destination now. They have to make room in their day to come see, to go to Indie Sparrow Boutique. So I honestly don't know where I'd be without Facebook and especially Facebook Live because it's a way for me. And, and of course, I post lots of pictures, but there's just something about getting on there and interacting with someone. Like today, I did Facebook Live and 
you know, my, my friend from grad school who's in Canada, she's on there. We're chatting just a little bit about things that happen in grad school and having just a great little laugh. And then I move on to the friend who's in New Jersey. And, um, and I, I think it's, you know, I found myself thinking, was everybody going to be bored? I mean, I'm not carrying on these major conversations, but I'm just getting personal enough with each person that they feel compelled to come in and, you know, talk to me in person or try on these things that I'm just taking out of the box and showing to them. And I learned a long time ago, and I'm very grateful for my pharmaceutical sales experience, because what, what you have to do is you have to win them to you and then you win them to what you're selling. And it could be, it could be a medication. You know, in this case, it is, it could be a, you know, it could be a service. Or in my case, you know, it's clothing. It's pretty clothing and cute scarves and great jewelry. So my whole approach is to win them to me. And, and that's just letting them see my personality. I can just give you a story right now. As a customer came in here and she said, you know, I've driven past this store and I just was scared to come in. Apparently she had some, I think we've all had maybe some negative experiences in boutiques some that aren't customer focused. I think we can all think of maybe some that we've been in in the past. And she told me because she saw me on Facebook Live and really thought I was down to earth that she decided to come in, that she felt like it would be fun to come in versus kind of be worried if she'd be judged or, you know, if I would be friendly. So, I mean, Facebook Live is an excellent way to stay top of mind, to stay in touch with your customers and to be relevant and to just be real. Like kind of what with me, kind of what you see is what you get. I literally push that go live button and then what happens is what happens. I could never plan it if I tried to. So um, I'm fortunate that way. I don't think it could be difficult for some people who are more structured and more organized to just kind of let the chips fall where they may, but it works for me, Emily. Yeah. You know, I'm a fly by the seat of my pants kind of person anyway. <laughs> you totally are. Well, and I think one of the things you kind of touched on, which I really love is like you're connecting on Facebook live and helping people, women feel safe in your environment. I think clothes can be a place that stores, department stores, boutiques, whatever, they can feel very unsafe to women because of that judgment. Because when Mm -hmm. you're already judging yourself and then someone else is judging you, it's just so traumatic. So you're creating a beautiful, safe space for women to come in. And I think that that's a huge piece of why boutiques exist in communities in the way that you're doing it. Right. I agree with you 100%. Here in my area, we have a mall, we have a Kohl's, we have a TJ Maxx, but if you're someone who is just uncomfortable at the thought of putting clothes together or you don't, you have no idea what to wear to, you know, your cousin's wedding, you're not going to find that help in at the mall. I mean, in some little stores and some smaller stores you might, but a small boutique is just the perfect place. It's where you go to interact. Like you, you learn about your customers, you know, with my better customers, I know what parts of themselves they want to camouflage. I know how critical they are of themselves. And I, you know, and I can, I'm able to admit to them how critical I am of myself. You'll hear me say probably four or five times on my Facebook live, I'm a large, extra large. I'm a size 12, 14. And I'll kind of do my 
my special way of, of looking at things and measuring things to tell those customers out there, if you're made like me, this is going to work. Or I'll just say to them, listen, this extra large is not going to fit those of you who are made like me. And I think they appreciate that. But again, going back to what you were saying, you can't really go into those those big box stores and expect someone to give you that one-on-one attention because in those big stores, there might be one associate for three departments. So you can definitely give that personalized one-on-one attention. And, you know, when you ask those questions of how do you want to look or where is this an outdoor wedding is, you know, where is this, where's this party being held? You're showing an interest in, in that person and their venue. And I tell my customers, I'm invested in how you look because when you walk out of here, I want you to feel fabulous when you, you know, step in the, step in the doors of that event and I, I think it's really important, Emily, to tell customers when you think there's a better silhouette for them, or you can say it in such a way as I've seen th- I've seen other things on you I like better, yep. um, and they begin yep. to trust you. And you know, if it means losing a sale, then I lose the sale when I tell a customer, no, it's just not singing to me, and. And, or if they're a little bit hesitant here, I don't try to talk them into it because they're not going to be any more excited about it when they get it home, yeah. you know? So I think it's being real with customers, gaining their trust and taking an interest in whatever, it is, whatever's going on with their lives, you know, what event they're going to, whatever it is. I mean, I you think know, I'm off like, I feel like you remember people's kids dance recital. You're like, how was the soccer game? How was the dance recital? I mean, to me, what you're saying is that if you, A, want to get better in your boutique or you want to train employees, teach them how to ask inquiring questions that feel right. like communication with your customers because that's really where, like you're saying, you win them or they get to like and know you. Right. They don't feel like you're just trying to sell them something. And for example, I was training, uh, this has been you know several years ago, but I was training a new person. And someone came in and they said, you know, I've got a wedding to go to. And so they immediately clicked them over to the dresses. And I just kind of listened to the interaction for a minute. And then I just kind of milled around and kind of inserted myself into the conversation. I started asking those questions of where is it? What time of day? And I think that all important question of how do you want to look? Because some women, they're like, I I just, I really, and I had a woman say, well, my ex-husband's going to be there. So of course I want I want to look fantastic. And then I'll have a customer say, you know, I don't want to stick out. I'm just a really plain person. I don't like frills. So rather than take them right to, you know, a dress that you would wear to that event, ask them how they want to look at the event. And you'll, and then they'll start to open up and you'll learn so much about them. And that's what brings them back, Emily. And that's what makes them drive the extra three and a half miles that I am now from them to, to come and see me and, you know, and to find the outfit that's going to make them feel really special for that event. I love it. So tell me, okay, we have a lot of new boutique owners that listen to the podcast for insights from wise boutique owners who have experience like you. So <laughs> yeah, like hit me with like, you know, one or two things that you feel like for a you know, new boutique owner a year or less, what are some of like your, you know, looking back, what would you have done differently? Or what do you think you did right that really worked? Like, what can we give some new people as some tips? I think you have to be kind to yourself. Of course, we all want to have this fabulous business and 
you know, take the risk of starting a new business and, and the money involved and the time involved if, you know, if we weren't serious about it. I would also say do a lot of figuring out who your ideal customer is because when you realize who that person is and you can narrow it down, then that's the person you're going for. It's really tempting to try to carry something for everyone, something for the 20-something, you know, something for, you know, bathing suits for summertime. It's really, and then, and then you find yourself buying the wrong things. I feel like when people come to Indie Sparrow, they're here for a very specific reason. Figure out who that customer is and then buy for that customer. You're going to have people in there, in your store, that you're not going to have anything for, and that's okay. Maybe you can even direct them to where they can find it. So, because that person will tell their friends, you know what, she was super helpful. She didn't have anything for me, but she told me where I could get it. And that's why I'll go back to her for other things and I'll tell other people about her. I don't think a customer, it's just, it's an opportunity. Every person that walks in here, it's an opportunity for them to promote your boutique one way or another. But probably, just to sum it up, know your customer, learn who your customer is. Don't try to buy for everyone. If you're, you know, if your customer is the 40 something who's a professional and if that's your ideal customer, find out what they like. Do some research online. Maybe what that one of my best things that I've ever done is to just pick up magazines and look at what's hot, like look what's trending, and then figure out how you can apply that to your ideal customer. I mean, for me, it's, you know, the, four, the 30, 40, and 50-year-old. I know animal print is huge right now. We're probably not going to do like the really trendy animal print floppy hats, but the animal print wedges with the, like the comfortable insoles that they can work in all day. I have done super, I've done really well with those. So again, I've probably been a little bit lengthy in my explanation, but the number one thing you have to do is know your customer, figure out what's working, and do more of it. And that is exactly the right thing to say, Dana. I mean, you just nailed it. Like, I love, I always love talking to you because you have an opinion and you are so passionate about what you do. And I think that if more people starting out were like you, they'd last longer. And I think that's what's kept you in business so long is you truly are passionate about this business and you continue to learn and grow. And I think that's what's making you so successful. Thank you. I mean, I've, I've done a lot of work on myself. As you know, I feel like I'm a completely different person in the, in the six months in the past six months, like I feel like I'm behind the wheel driving this boutique now instead of feeling like, and I've often referred to myself as a kite in a windstorm. I feel like I'm in the driver's seat now instead of, you know, a passenger or my goodness, holding on to the bumper for that matter. Cause I felt like that a lot. So my, again, my num- one thing I suggest is allow yourself time to grow. Don't beat yourself up. What's if, if something's not working, move on, move on to something else because your boutique isn't going to necessarily be successful because of what, I mean, of course we bring our own ideas and our own visions and our own style into our boutiques, but you have to learn to adapt to what others around you want. 
And so sometimes that can be hard to let go of because I know that three miles up the road, you know, I definitely had a style. I definitely, I'd spent, I'd, I'd gone to every single market for two years. I knew the vendors. I knew how I wanted to look. I knew what my store wanted to look like. I had a really hard time giving up those vendors because I'd worked hard to, to find them and to get this whole vision for my store. And when I moved, those, those vendors were out of the price point for my new customer. So I had to, I had to just kind of take a deep breath. Okay. Let's do what I did before. Let's go to market. Let's go to a different price point. Cause you know, in Atlanta, the higher you go up in that building, the more expensive things are. So I stayed on like the second and the third floors, Emily. And so I had to just recreate my boutique, but I had to let go of what I thought it had to be in order to be successful. And then again, to touch on the second thing, just know your customer, yeah. figure out what's yeah. working. And for me, it was Facebook Live. You and I had a conversation. I remember a few months ago and I was telling you that Facebook Live really worked for me. And you said, okay, then I want you to, instead of doing one a week, I want you to do two a week. I went from having very planned, when I say planned out, like out, outfits hanging up that we would change into, I always had someone else with me. And one day I turned the camera on and I said, you know what? I, I got a bunch of new arrivals and I got my box cutter out and I started opening the box and showing them. And that took no preparation. All it took was setting up my ring light and hitting the go button. And it, it's worked beautifully. Yeah. And it can be as simple as that. I think a lot of us overcomplicate stuff and really mm -hmm. our people want to see us. They want to see what's new. They want to check in and say, Hey, and you are twice a week, once or twice a week, depending now on, on how crazy busy you are in the store, but yeah. you know, you're giving them that opportunity to check in with you. And then, you know, right. then you have the opportunity to continue the conversation. I will tell you that going Facebook Live, it's like a wheel, you know, the cog that turns the, that turns the wheel, if I'm even saying that correctly. I know if I don't do, in fact, I did a Facebook Live this morning. Was it this morning? Yeah, this morning. Because, you know, I, I need to hire an employee. So I've been super busy working really long hours. And I was thinking to myself, well, I can't do it this evening. And I can't do it. You know, I couldn't do it tomorrow, Friday. It's like, okay, I've got to go live. Because it's going to bring me sales for the next three to four days. And then, so, I mean, it, it's a necessary. I can't say I always feel like doing it. And sometimes I'll even post the graphic of, you know, I'm going live, bad hair day and all. Because that, the customers want to see the real me. And you just, you just kind of have to, you kind of have to get used to that and not take yourself so seriously. And just do what works. Even when you, even when you don't feel like it, Emily, do what works. I mean, it's self-preservation. I knew I had to go live today in order to get myself through the week, you know, to go through the weekend and then I'll go live again, you know, early next week. It's just necessary. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So let's give listeners a place where they can come watch you and learn from you on Facebook live. Cause I feel like you do such a great job. So on Facebook, we, what's your Facebook name on Facebook? So the boutique name is Indy Sparrow Boutique and Indy is spelled I N D I E and Sparrow like the bird and then boutique. So Indy Sparrow Boutique on Facebook. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being here, Dana. I feel like 
this conversation was great. You're, it's going to help so, so many people listening. And um, you're just a great testament to like consistency and showing up. And like you do those two things so well. And that's why you're still in biz and that's why you're still growing. And it's, it's fun to watch. Thank you so much. It was such a blessing to find you, Emily. And yeah, it, it really has been a blessing to, to get to know you and to become friends with you and to be able to bounce these, these things off of you. And quite frankly, to grow, you know, to realize that I do have a wonderful business and uh, the sky's the limit with it. So I just encourage everyone out there. I love it. Well, thanks for being here. Thank you, Emily. Until next time. Did you love this episode as much as I did? Head over to iTunes and rate and review the Boost Your Boutique podcast so more amazing and creative boutique owners like you can find out about it. And don't forget, head over to BoostYourBoutique.com to learn more. Have you been in business between three and seven years? You're doing between twenty dollars and $40,000 per month, up and down, right? It's not really consistent. You feel like, wow, I'm making a ton of money, but I'm not really making money because I don't pay myself. I'm always freaking out about paying bills and it feels like you're always out of stock in your very best style. Something is wrong. I know I should be doing better. Does this sound like you? Imagine a life where your boutique has consistent, predictable sales and you get to pay yourself enough to fully replace your salary. No more worrying about what can get charged on your credit card, just pure positive cash flow and easy peasy living. Sky's the Limit Boutique Business Accelerator isn't just good, it's a game changer. Molly really said it best. Emily helped me organize my wholesale business so I wasn't flying by the seat of my pants every day and wondering why I was so exhausted every day. Molly hit a million dollars in sales in 2023. That's the reality that my program, Sky's the Limit Boutique Business Accelerator, is offering to you. Think about it. A future where your boutique is a well-oiled machine. No more sleepless nights over inventory nightmares or financial stress. With Sky's the Limit Boutique Business Accelerator, we can grow your sales by 20 to 50% in as little as six months. On top of that, you'll finally get to pay yourself what you deserve. Molly, just like you, was drowning in chaos. Now, she's not just organized, she's thriving. As Molly puts it, I'm up 57% in sales, 7% in profit. I took two real vacations this year and I have my launches scheduled a year in advance. These are my results, but I truly don't think it would have happened without Emily and Sky's The Limit. I have to add, Molly only started this program in November of 2022, and this is her growth now, November of 2023. But I don't want to just talk about this. I want to help you act on it. And this is where it gets even better. If you are hearing this right now, enrollment for Sky's the Limit Boutique Business Accelerator is open and it's at the lowest price available. Seriously, imagine a boutique where you're not just surviving, you're thriving. Your bank account is healthy and your stress levels are at an all-time low. Don't take my word for it. Hear what a few other people have to say. Rhonda said, I feel more in control of my inventory than ever before. Thanks to you and sky's the limit. Probably the best investment I've ever made in my business. Part of what Rhonda's not telling you is that in under six months, she had reduced her dead inventory by 50%. 
Ashley also joined us last November of 2022 and was averaging between $20,000 and $24,000 a month, simply selling through her Facebook group. By February, she had jumped to $32,000. By March, was hitting $42,000 a month. That's double what she was doing just a few months before. We didn't do any advertising. She actually launched less days a week. We simply made better buying decisions that fueled her growth. Time sticking. Your dream boutique is just a click away. You can have results just like this too. Head on over to www.boutiquetrainingacademy.com forward slash skies the limit, all one word, and enroll right now. Your 20 to 50% increase in sales in 2024 starts right now.